Hey there, buddy. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, you guys. Um, since our last episode of, I guess the first part of this episode, I picked up the Langston Hughes Poetry Collection, which is pretty good so far. I'm only like 30 pages in or something, but I'm really digging it, man. Digging that Harlem Renaissance feel. Because a lot of poetry that I read, some of them white fellers are a little dry. Always talk about nature and the stars and shit. They don't got, uh, I don't know, the same kind of feeling, I guess. But then again, most of that's not modern poetry either. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a difference, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't read a lot of poetry to begin with. So, like, Dylan Thomas I have a collection of, and he's, like, Welsh. So there's a lot of things I don't understand what he's saying because it's in, you know, Welsh person speak. He's fucking his British nisms, whatever that means. Yeah, so I recommend picking up the Langston Hughes collection, Spencer, if you ever want to get your poetry on. I couldn't even tell you the last time I read any, read any kind of poem. <laughs> probably something on here. <laughs> yeah, probably our poetry episode. Yeah, probably. And I don't remember that being particularly good. Like. No. <laughs> uh, oh well. There's a lot of, I don't get it. Don't understand <laughs> what they're doing there. What's the deal with poems? Well, so far with Langston Hughes, his, because I've read some of his poetry before, but I never actually, like, read, like, his non-famous poems, and he had, the book is, like, 800 pages long, like, and it's just all poetry, it's a, it's a fucking lot. His style of poetry doesn't leave any of that, what's he trying to say, what are the metaphors, and what is the meat, why is it set up, like, you don't have any of that, it's, like, actual fucking readable poetry, not modern bullcrap, I was trying to eat the bread, but maybe the bread ate me from the inside out. Gluten in the morning causes diarrhea. So, yeah, I, I, I did that. You know what? When we do these episodes, I actually do at least buy one of the books. Unlike your bitch ass, yeah. I actually buy one of the books on the list and read them. That's the, you're good on that. Yeah. You, sir. Let's see. We've done an Irish episode. No. To be fair, I didn't get an Irish book either. Uh, the Japanese episode. No. The African episode. No. Um, we didn't do Russian literature yet, did we? I don't think so. But still, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think next is uh, going to be like the Latin American literature. And again, probably, probably no for you. Probably no. God darn, Putin. You uh, you suck. <laughs> you suck, yeah. man. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, for five. Not denying it, no. <laughs> At least one of us keeps up on these things. To be fair, you don't generally read that stuff. With the Japanese fiction, you don't have... There's no yeah. reason you did it, because yeah. that's all mostly modern authors that were on that list. Would you be fiction you like? Yeah. I mean, it's not the... Uh, not Same with I the Irish list, to. actually. The Irish was mostly modern authors. But you just uh, stick with your goddamn Stephen Kings and Joe Hill. I'm almost done with them, though. So that will... Uh, once I'm done with those, that... Uh, your fucking sentence is done. Yeah. And then you don't. You only have to be on parole whenever a new book yeah. comes out. Like you yeah, can, only every, like, two times a year. Yeah, you can actually read some other stuff. Though we have been reading Conan. Yeah. Which is, wait for the We're next not, episode. We're not talking about this uh, Yeah, this wait, for the, wait for the final episode of that, folks. It's it, it's getting bad. These last two Conan stories, man. Bad. Hey there, 
people. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Allegheny Anal Anarchist <laughs> Church. Ooh, so like, just came up with that one too. So like, am I like, am I pro? I think you just or like. I think it's just anything goes. Right, no rules. Right. You're doing it willy nilly, I guess. I don't know. I'm not the anal anarchist here. You are. You explained it to me, sir. <laughs> I just relayed the message to the people. You. I just, well, I just found out. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm going to start telling everybody. No, actually, Spencer comes up with those names, and he gives them to me and tells me, that's what I want to be called. <laughs> he gets them off uh, all these names are based off uh, true life experience. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's that's a little freaky. There's some names that were have been rough. <laughs> yeah. Tell <laughs> me about it. Uh, today, we are finishing up. We were supposed to do that. We wanted to do this right after the first episode, uh, the 26 must-read books by black authors. We covered the uh, first part, what was it, like two weeks ago now? Yeah. But Spencer's work schedule has just gotten all shitted up, so he's been not able to get here, and then between that and having to do the Conan episode, we just haven't been able to do... Well, then, too, uh, wasn't, uh, was that before or after the convention? We went to the convention at some point. I don't remember. It's all a haze. Yeah, but uh, what matters is we did get back to it, and it's still February, so Black History Month is still in effect. If that really matters, I guess it doesn't. It shouldn't. Uh, no. Uh, just to give you a quick recap of these books, we so far have covered The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. And I don't remember where we exactly left off because I couldn't, I didn't feel like playing back the podcast. I'm just going to end where I think we ended. Which, if our memories are as great as I think they are, we should be fine. We uh, had Beloved by Toni Morrison, 20 Years a Slave by Solomon Northup, The Man Who Cried I Am by John A. Williams, The Third Life of Grange Copeland by Alice Walker, Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe, Americana by Chimayanda Ngozi Adichie, The Select Poems of Langston Hughes by Langston Hughes, which I picked up, as you heard in the intro. Excellent, by that. Flight to Canada by Ishmael Reed, Loving Her by Ann Allen Shockley, Between the World and Me by Tennessee Coates, Unexpected Stories by Octavia E. Butler, White Teeth by Zadie Smith, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, To Sir With Love by E.R. Braithwaite, Lyndon Hills by Gloria Naylor, Anthony Burns by Virginia Hamilton, The Autobiography of Malcolm X by Malcolm X and Alex Haley, and Babel 17 by Samuel R. Delaney. Did we cover Babel 17, sir? It sounds familiar. Um, I'm, <laughs> You know what? Even if we did, I'm just going to... Because I know we did the, the American History X. My, you know, Malcolm X, not yeah. American. That's yeah, the exact opposite. That is awful. What a like, fucking faux pas <laughs> that was. American History X. Yeah, that's... Whew, that's Nazi. <laughs> that's way different. <laughs> that's not... Folks, if you ever want to, if you don't know what American History X is uh, and you think that has something to do with Malcolm X, no, you'd be sorely mistaken, yeah, so never listen to yeah, Spencer. Yeah, please don't. That, ooh. Ooh. I apologize. I, I think you need to put out a whole blog post about <laughs> that. I apologize for what I had said. <laughs> what I had meant was, it was a slip of the tongue. I don't know why you have to have that stupid southern accent when you do it. I don't speak the goods. <laughs> oh, man. I never heard such a thing. The autobi- <laughs> the autobiography of Malcolm X, and you say American History X, which would actually, if that movie never came out, would have been a cool yeah, title for yeah. a Malcolm X biography. But 
that that is sorely tainted. That was a really good movie, though, by yeah. the way. Just not. Yeah, no. Not appropriate. Not the same thing. <laughs> All right, so kicking off this list, and I actually don't think we'll have too many left on here. Then again, this scroll does seem to be going on forever. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, we have Babel 17th by Samuel R. Delaney. The 1966 science fiction novel centers around the peculiar, peculiar, I can't say that word, peculiar arities of language. The 1966 science fiction novel centers around the peculiar, fuck, <laughs> you say the word, man. <laughs> it's one of them words I can't be saying. My mouth is dry. <sighs> I can't do it. Peculiar arities. <laughs> this 1966 science fiction novel centers around the strangeness of language. <laughs> the uniqueness of language. There you go. <laughs> the protagonist, Rita Wong, is a celebrated poet in a war-torn galaxy. The government asks her to examine a series of catastrophes that have been accompanied by strange sounds. And Rydra realizes the gibberish is actually a language which drives people to commit treason. Ooh. Yeah. So you hear this language and you want to commit treason, huh? Interesting. I feel like that's what the woke kids today are speaking when they use their their vernacular that I don't understand. Or maybe not. I don't fucking know. Actually, I feel like the kids today just like rehash old words in new ways. Oh, and just like change meanings and, yeah. and things like that. Next up, The Famished Road by Ben Okri. With a setting that hovers between the spirit world and an African ghetto, this book is said to craft magical realism with the mastery of Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Nigerian author Ben Okri won the Man Booker Prize for this novel, which focuses on an abiku, or spirit child. Azaro, named after the biblical Lazarus, is born to human parents and experiences a life of poverty and hardship, but he resists the temptation to return to the carefree spirit world, instead finding meaning in the violence and political turmoil of the material world. You know, I notice there's a lot of magical realism stories on this list, it seems like, and I'm digging it. Yeah. I am digging it. Ugh. I don't know why I always drink this fucking shit before. I need to have a, a beverage that isn't carbonated. So you should just stick to your whiskey, sir, on a, on a Saturday it's, afternoon. It's fight night, so I'm going to be getting turned up enough. Oh. <laughs> My brother's coming over. We're ordering the pay-per-view. going to get wild. Hopefully Wilder knocks off Fury's bitch ass, and I'll be like, yeah. Speaking of, you know, we're talking about racist people. I don't know. I mean, you're not really into boxing so much, but it pisses me off to no end that there's so many American fuckboys out there are rooting against Wilder. They want him to lose to Tyson Fury, who is British. Yeah. So you want the American heavyweight champion of the world to lose. You want the black American heavyweight Yeah, because he's black. Like, come on. That, uh, to that, a white British person. Because the same thing always happened to Floyd Mayweather, remember? They wanted him to lose to Conor McGregor. Yeah. He wasn't even a fucking boxer. Yeah. And he's some Irishman. And I mean, it's fine if you like Conor McGregor, but I'm just saying, you want, you're want you an American, and you want the American to lose because pretty much because he's a black guy, I guess. Yeah. They just don't like his anything about him, which it, it, shit pisses me off. And it's always, it's, I feel like it's been like that for a long time. I mean, Tyson in the 80s, everybody loved. And then when he started going a little crazy and stuff, they, they turned on him. Yeah. It's fucking, it's always been like that. Like, think about Muhammad Ali. He should, I mean, now we celebrate him as, like, one of the greatest of all time. But back when he was actually boxing, like, when he was Cassius Clay, people liked him. Then when he became Muhammad Ali, all of a sudden, oh. Yeah. Then the Vietnam War shit came down and everybody wanted his head on a stake. It's like, come on. Yeah, because he couldn't even box for a couple years, Three right? years in his prime. They fucking cut him out of the... That'd be like Michael Jordan in his prime. Mm -hmm. They just said, you can't play for three years. First of the league was like, phew. 
you. Thank goodness, man. Yeah. Call him alone, time to shine. <laughs> yeah, that, that that pissed me off, though. I feel like those people should be punched. So I hope fucking Wilder knocks his head off and I can be like, yeah, suck it. And it's all it's almost always these fucking like white neckbeard dudes that are saying that shit, too. Knock him on his bollocks. Yeah, with their fucking red hats and their fucking terrible grammar. Next up, we have Mama by Terry McMillan. I don't know why, but I always kind of wish my last name was McMillan. Why? I don't know. It's just like a nice word to say, McMillan. But I feel like you need to have sons at Like, McMillan and sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terry McMillan's literary debut focuses on Mildred Peacock, a 27-year-old mother of five who has finally kicked her abusive, cheating husband to the curb. Good for you, honey. Yeah, right? We don't have enough of that in this day and age. She has dreams of lifting her family out of poverty, but increasingly turns to pills and alcohol when she finds herself unable to hold a steady job. I have this hunk of meat in here, because I ate a, a pound of meat before you came. <laughs> ground beef. And it's, like, stuck. Sorry. <laughs> I, I eat meat by the pound. I'm a fucking animal. And I've been reading a lot of Conan, so I'm really <laughs> looking for, like... Yeah, you're just grabbing handfuls. <laughs> Remind me to talk about Conan braining another dude in the head with a beef bone, though. Because he does that again. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but in a much more racist way this time. Oh, God. Um, a rumination on the vicious cycle of poverty and an unapologetic glimpse at the struggles of a single black mother. Mama is a gritty and poignant read. I actually re- might want to read that one, too. That sounds really good. I, uh... Might hit my heart. Might hit my heart a little bit. That actually sounds kind of like my upbringing. Um, that, uh, what was Precious about? I saw that movie, but I don't remember much about it. I remember, like, uh, like Monique was a real bitch. And then, like, the, uh, what's her name? Gabrielle, forget her name. He plays Precious. Yeah. I want to say. She, I think she had, yeah, I think she had, like, AIDS or something in the movie or got it. And Dude, Didn't it, she have, like, a kid or something? I never watched it. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of fucked up shit in that, but. I don't know, that might actually not be comparable at all. I don't remember the... Pl- it's been years since I watched it. That came out a while ago. Next up, which is... I mean, I guess I would say it's my favorite on this list, but that's only because... You've read it I've read it, and I really liked it. I actually, I think I just... If I didn't just buy a special edition of this, I really should have. I don't know why I wouldn't. I think I did. It's Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. One of Maya Angelou's favorite books, Invisible Man is a National Book Award winning novel from 1953. Ellison's book follows a nameless African-American protagonist who believes the color of his skin makes him invisible to the people around him. Immediately considered a ma- masterpiece, it's one of those rare novels that shaped America. You need to read this novel, sir. Okay. You fuck. And Native Son you need to read. I would say Native Son first because that would that's got some more murder in it. Because I know you like your some murder. Then again, it's really not good murder. It's like the murder that makes you go, ooh. <laughs> Says a shiver down your spine. SOS by Amiri Baraka. I like that name too. Baraka. Yeah. Reminds me of Mortal Kombat. Oh, no, wasn't that Street Fighter? No, it was Mortal Kombat. Baraka with the claw. No, you're thinking of Blanca. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Kudos to you for not being a non video game guy and at least making a connection yeah. of sorts. From the beat. Ooh, the beat generation. From the beat generation to his final years, this rousing collection of poetry spans the 50 year career of celebrated and controversial poet Amiri Baraka. Baraka was influenced by his experience growing up black in America and his time serving in the military, which he described as racist and degrading. After being dishonorably discharged for possession of socialist writing, Baraka, that went a lot. That happened a yeah. lot back then. That's actually one of the focus in uh, Native Sons is the the communist stuff. 
Baraka went on to pursue a career as a poet focusing on, Afri on African-American oppression and choosing to use poetry as a means to incite rebellion. Ooh, baby. It was really fucked up. I mean, if you go, like, World War II, even, they had separate, like, they had all-black pl platoons. And then, like, nobody celebrated their heroics. And when they came back, they weren't celebrated as heroes while the white people were. I always, that, like, that always fucking pissed me off. Because imagine fighting for your country... And then when you come back... You didn't like, even have basic rights or, like... Well, like, the country, like, in Germany and stuff, like, you actually went and you fought, like, all this oppression in these other countries, and you actually go home, and you would have been more free and fucking, you know, after... Like, Germany, after it fell, like, Nazis... The Nazis fell and stuff, was more of a free place than fucking America, I think. So that's, that's pretty messed up. Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. The Zora Neale Hurston's novel was now an esteemed work of African-American literature. It was not immediately popular in 1937, which we we discussed before. Like, it probably was hard to get something popular back yeah. then for, uh, like, an African-American writer. Hurston's novel painted a multidimensional portrait of the everyday desires, failures, and triumphs of a black woman. On the criticism she initially received, Hurston stated that because she set out to write a novel and not a treatise on sociology, she ceased to think in terms of race, but only in terms of individuals. Interesting. Next up, Go Tell It on the Mountain by James Baldwin. Baldwin's first book, Go Tell It on the Mountain, was voted as one of Time's all-time 100 novels, a list of the best English-language novels from 1923 to 2005. Its protagonist, John, is a teenager living in 1930s Harlem with his mother and devout stepfather. Not long after his spiritual awakening, John notices the hypocrisies of his community's faith, how it preaches belonging, but is also racist and homophobic. Harlem apparently was just a shithole back then, like in the 30s. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's all I've ever heard, you know? I mean, it, it, it was such a shithole that in modern-day America, you still equate Harlem with bad. Even yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's all gentrified and stuff now. Sing, Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward. This New York Times bestseller follows 13-year-old Jojo and his mother, Leone, who struggles with drug use and is tortured by the death of her brother, Given. When JoJo's father is released from prison, Leone packs her kids and heads north into the heart of Mississippi. How far south are they if they're heading north? And it's only Mississippi. <laughs> Sing, Unburied Sing is many things. A road novel, a slender epic of three generations, and the ghosts that haunt them, and a portrait of what ordinary folk in dire circumstances cleave to as well as what they and perhaps we all are trying to outrun. New York Times Book Review. Why are those book reviews always so, like, choppy with their, the way they write these things? I think you mentioned that in that, like, that one... I forget what it was, but it was just like the worst review. Yeah. It was just like all this choppy, nonsensical words thrown together. It didn't tell you anything. Yeah, it never tells you anything. Just some word soup. Ugh. And that's it. That is the list, Spencer. So, are there any on that list that you would actually consider reading in the near future? Like, after uh, whatever the fuck it is you have scheduled next? Uh, yeah, um... I remember even in the first part, a couple of these uh, seemed pretty interesting that, uh... Um, especially, like, some of the stuff dealing with, like, more, like, the, uh, like, uh, spiritual, like, uh, African, like, spirit Like, kind of, like, the folklore and yeah, stuff? Yeah, stuff like that I think would be kind of cool, especially since I've never, uh, I've never read anything quite like that. Um, I think the Underground Railroad would have been pretty cool to read. Uh, I, I do want to get into Toni Morrison soon, so maybe I'll do that this summer. I'm trying to think what else I haven't read on here. I've, what was this? I forget the name of it. Um... That one on here that was about, like, 
was like almost like a sci-fi magical realism version of slavery. Yeah. Maybe you said there's like fax machines and something with Abraham Lincoln. Which one was that? Because that one sounded pretty wild. Oh, uh, Flight to Canada. The story takes place in an alternative Civil War era just as a disease infects slaves with the desire to flee their owners. Yeah, this one had like Xerox machines and stuff, but there was a couple weird ones in there, like a couple magical realism ones I think would be cool. And then like that um, loving her with like the... Um... The woman who goes and is like goes and becomes a lesbian, I think, from the set that one that was written in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, that one seemed like that would have been pretty. Uh, that I mean, that one was probably like I think we talked about the last episode. Very controversial. Like it had to be. That's the problem when we read these lists. Though. There's so many, and I can't. I, there's no way I'm gonna be able to read them all anytime soon. But I would love to check out some of those on that list. Uh, see, I, I still want to do that. Uh, Chinua Achebe trilogy because I only read that first one. Things fall apart. Yeah. So I would like to read the other two in that because it goes more in the future, and I feel like I would connect more with more of like modern Africa versus like the colonial Africa. I noticed a lot of uh, when we were going through this list both times, like a good amount of uh, poetry. Yeah. Yeah, we had Langston Hughes, Maya Angelou. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I would want to read because like that Langston Hughes is going to take me a while to get through. Because I get, I get burnt out on poetry if I read too much yeah. of it. So, like, I never even finished that uh, Dylan Thomas collection yet. I only got, like, halfway through. I did finish the Edgar Allan Poe some time ago, but I think I read all those when I was young and reread them. Yeah. Yeah, because you were reading, like, that whenever I, like, whenever mm. we first started hanging out, whenever. You yeah, know. well, Edgar Allan Poe, though, to me, is easier to read because you have, you have like, a lot of horror poetry or horror-themed yeah. poetry, too, and. I like that. Like if if it's like horror poetry, I can I can get into that a lot more than just uh, easier, a bit easier for you to uh, digest that. Yeah, like unlike nature poetry or like uh, contemporary poetry that deals with a lot of fucking nonsense. I like my rhyme schemes, man. <laughs> I don't like the non-rhyming poetry so much. Some of it's uh, say stupid, stupid. It's fucking dumb. So poetry needs the rhyme. No, it doesn't need to, but I prefer it to, or at least like. I don't know, have a rhythm to it. Whereas some of these fucking modern poets, it's just, word, like you said, word soup. I don't care about your fucking, the toothpaste in the tube is stuck and I squeeze and I squeeze and it won't come out. And then I decide to stop squeezing and then it comes out. And that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Nobody gives a fuck. So, we hope you folks enjoyed our list of black excellence. What, what should be the next collection of books we cover? Whether it's uh, either genre or country or race. Hmm. I would like to do... Uh, I would like to dive more into Native American works, um, Indian works, and... I already said like the Latin works would probably be next. Like I definitely want to do some more Latin countries. Because there's a lot of great stuff that comes out of... Um, like from Latin American writers. Or not even just Latin American, but like... Uh, brazilian writers and stuff yeah. that i just one like portuguese especially i i don't know anything about portuguese like spanish you know i, I focus more on but portuguese i think would be cool too because it's a whole fucking continent of work we just are unaware of so that i think that maybe would be a good idea for next unless you just want to go honky town go canadian <laughs> or russian but i, I just don't want to be depressed yeah i'm already going to read the road by cormac mccarthy after conan so i don't the depression's gonna be high, dude. Um, you should I maybe you should maybe wait until like till it starts to get warmer out to read that. <laughs> you don't want to be reading that when it's still cold and gloomy out. Well, look, I I was looking at it. It's fucking big font. Yeah, like small like 
paragraph. Like it looks like it's gonna be a couple day read, man. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's gonna. It's like three hundred pages, but it's it's fucking not three hundred pages. You know what I mean? It looks like it's gonna be a pretty easy read. Uh, though I just had to read the first paragraph and I threw up a little because I just <laughs> I don't know if I'm Cormac McCarthy's writing style is gonna be up my alley. So we'll see. But uh, if you folks want to check out the DPW guys, you can go to drunkenpenwriting.com. Spencer's starting to do some more comic book reviews, and I actually have another one I gotta show you. Um, and what the fuck else we've been doing on there? I don't know, random writings and musings and stuff. I think Ashley says he got some stuff he's working on. We'll see. It's getting once it starts getting warmer out, we usually get more productive. Yeah, like that. Um, what they say, like the um, seasonal depression is like a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Especially around here, because it's super sunny out. But like yesterday was like one degree. Like I went to work, it was eight degrees out. I would. We're, I want three feet of snow if it's gonna be that. Yeah, cold. yeah if it's gonna be cold like that. I don't want it to be like a beautiful sunny day, but then I go outside and my nips are so hard they <laughs> rip my shirt. Like I don't want that. I want fucking at least snow. My dog wants snow. <laughs> so come on, just give us what. Like just be winter. If you're gonna be winter, be fucking winter. Yeah. Not just blistering cold and sunny. That makes no damn sense. It's so cold, but the sun's out. <laughs> it's a trick. It's like on Venus or something. Um, anyway, you folks can check us out on uh, Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram Drunken Pen Writing, and Facebook at Drunk Pen Writing, where you can. We I feel like we should start doing more of Facebook because Twitter is fucking shit now. Yeah, like, I don't know if you've been focusing on anything on there lately, but it is like the writing community on Twitter has really gone down the tubes. All it is is just either asking stupid questions or just dumb like word games or writer lift games like nobody's like interacting genuinely anymore yeah no i haven't i'm hardly on twitter to begin with mm-hmm. and then every damn thing on twitter that you post that could have any kind of slight negative connotation that could be just slightly taken negatively even if it's not your opinion or something like, going back to the questions i've asked like just writing related questions on there and people got take offense to it somehow like uh like when i was asking about you know some people don't think you really need to edit your work so much. Other people hire editors. It was like something along those People got real offended. Well, you shouldn't have to. Blah, blah, blah. What are you saying? I, I can't write because I don't have an editor. It was like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? So they just find offense on there regardless. Instagram it would be cool to build up. Instagram, it's hard with it, pictures. Yeah, it's hard with, uh, with what we do. Yeah, like if it was our individual author profiles, that'd be one thing. But if it's like a group like we have. Oh, hola, senorita. You're just stomping in like a Clydesdale. <laughs> Your butt stink because the dog went nose deep. <laughs> well, as you folks can hear by the ruckus, I guess that's the end of the podcast. See you later. Bye.